Welcome to the BWFA Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast series brought to you by Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. This podcast is informational and not a specific recommendation. Please consult with your financial advisor. Thank you for listening. This is Sandy Horner, Managing Director, Wealth Management at Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. As we approach the end of the year, many of us are confronted with making decisions about our employer-sponsored benefits. And often, we just don't take the required time to fully understand what we have available and how it may benefit us. So today I'm speaking with two of my financial planning colleagues, Tyler Cunningham and Tyler Klug, and we're gonna talk to you a little bit about how you might be able to maximize your benefits from your employer. Tyler Cunningham, let's open up the conversation. Where do we start? Yeah, well, I think the first thing when when you go into open enrollment and you're signing up for your benefits is to really just take a step back and review your current life circumstances as well as you know any anticipated changes uh, for the future um, you know you want to take a look at your personal situation your health status your financial situation and that will really help you to you know be able to go through open enrollment and choose the benefits that are appropriate for your current situation so you're talking about things like did i have a kid did i have a change in my marital status maybe did i move you know did my compensation change dramatically things like that yeah correct yep and tyler cloak what else should we be thinking about or how do we approach this yeah we'll just jump in of course i just personally went through this with my wife Um, we welcomed our first child in march this year so we were doing some planning well ahead of time you know looking at last year at our benefits and kind of thinking about, well, you know, what does it look like? What are the costs to adding a child to either of our plans? Um, Both of us are working and, you know, we we each have our own health plans through our own employers. And so, again, if you're in a similar situation, those are just examples of things to think about. You know, how much is it to add our child to my plan versus hers? Or do we do family coverage on one versus the other? Um, So those are just some examples of things you can think about. Um, of course, when you're getting married, you can go through, it's not just having the child, but when you're getting married, similar process. Can you add your spouse to yours or does that significantly increase the cost? And ultimately, what are the overall coverages? Um, you know, you want to make sure it's a very personal decision and everybody's different in terms of, you know, how, what, what do you need medically or, you know, dental and vision? You need to understand what are the costs that would be associated with each plan and what does it cover? Of course, if you have a lot of medical expenses, for example, there's different types of plans that can maybe help cover that. The insurance might pay for more, for example, if you picked a, a low deductible plan. It's a little bit more per paycheck, but then it's going to be less out of pocket when you go to the doctor versus a high deductible plan is going to be a lot more out of pocket um, you know, when you have those costs, but a lower cost per pay. So speaking of a high deductible plan, um, that brings us into a discussion about health savings accounts uh, versus... Yep. Uh, so but, let's go into the HSA versus FSA because most of us have access to one of those plans through our employer, but they act very differently. Um, and as you well now know, uh, after nine months of being a dad, those pediatrician visits add up after a while. Yes, so, they do. Um, TC, let's talk about HSA versus FSA. 
Yeah, so, um, you know, with each with each health plan, typically there's some benefits. So you have, for the high deductible plan, typically you'll have access to an HSA through your employer. And that's a health savings health, account. Health savings account. Or you could open it separate from your employer and contribute to the HSA on your own um, as long as it's a high deductible health plan. Now, typically this is for individuals who don't expect to have any high health care expenses throughout the year um, and typically we will recommend that any you know out-of-pocket health care costs are covered um, either from um, you know a cash source like your emergency fund or any cash that you hold aside because with the money that you put into an HSA um, you can allow it to grow and you can invest it and you're probably going to need those assets later down the road when health care costs are a bit more expensive. And that HSA money, I believe, once you get a balance up over $1,000, you can actually invest that. Yeah, and, and it's and it, really and depends it's on growing tax-deferred. So it's right. almost like a health IRA account, kind exactly. of, if you will. Yep, exactly. Okay. Um, how, how does that differ from the flexible spending account? Yeah, so flexible spending accounts normally available with low-deductible health plans. Um, you know, there's two types of, really, FSAs. There's a healthcare FSA. And then there's a dependent care FSA. A healthcare FSA um, is similar to, to an HSA in the way that you can put money into it on a pre-tax basis and take it out uh, tax-free as long as it's used for healthcare expenses. But the FSA is more of a use it or lose it type of account. Um, you know, the money that you put in, you have to use throughout the year. You're only allowed to roll over a certain amount. I think it's somewhere around $600 each year. Um, so just know that if you're putting a lot of money into the FSA, um, you know, you, you will lose that money if you do not use it towards the end of the year. And for example, for example, the, the limit to the FSA is a little over $3,000 for 2023. So like Tyler mentioned, you know, a big consideration, it, it's kind of tough to plan exactly, um, but a consideration is that fact that it is use it or lose it, like he, like he just said. So you don't want to, you want to try to not overfund it because if you funded it with 3000 it's great. You saved all those taxes, but you don't have the expenses um, you know you're gonna lose it's kind of like yeah. and if it sounds like I'm speaking from personal experience uh, yes I am it's kind of like when you decide you're gonna get LASIK surgery on your eyes and so you start stashing away all this money in your FSA or again that would be your flexible savings account but then before the end of the year, you chicken out and decide you're not going to get LASIK. So now all of a sudden, if you don't spend this money, you're going to lose it. Yep. Um, and yes, I was in that position about 15, 20 years ago. There still are ways, you know, you can buy like over-the-counter medicines and I think Band-Aids even with it. So I guess you could have $3,000 of Band-Aids in your house if you wanted. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you probably don't want to be in that situation. Yep. <laughs> uh, other than um, some of the things that we've already covered, you know, what else should folks be looking at? Um, and yep. that's a little bit of a loaded question because I'm going to steer you in a direction um, that I think we should talk about a little bit. Um, but every year, it's a great idea to look at our retirement contributions. Right. And hopefully you're putting away as much as you can, but let's say you know you're getting a 2%, 3%, 5%, 10%, whatever the number is, raise. Well, then I got a little more cash flow, so maybe I can put a little more away if I wasn't maxing out. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so this year, um, 401k, 403b contributions, uh, the maximum limit is 22,500, um, which is increasing to 23,000 next year. 
Um, so exactly to your point, Sandy, I think it's a great time to just think about, even if you're not getting a raise, do you have any more cash flow flexibility to you know, bump up some contributions, um, trying to get closer to that limit? Um, you know, we've met, never met, like to say it all the time, we've never met a client who says that they wish they saved less, it's usually they wish they saved more. Um, so the, again, the earlier um, you can start saving and, and bumping up contributions, um, the more you can put away, you know, it's just going to give you more financial flexibility down the road. Um, so definitely a great time to think about that. Todd, or what else should we be looking at as we uh, approach the end of the year? Yeah, I think some other things would be looking at like your long-term disability coverage, uh, making sure that covers at least 60 to 70% of your gross income. Um, now there's a few ways that you can contribute to your long-term disability policy. Um, most companies will, allow, will, will contribute or allow you to contribute on a pre-tax basis. Just know that if, if you're contributing on a pre-tax basis, anything that comes out of your long-term term disability, if you were to become disabled, is taxed to you as income, versus if your company allows you to contribute on an after-tax basis, you know that money would be tax-free. Um, so just know that, because if you're paying 60% on a pre-tax basis, you know that, that disability insurance may not actually cover the 60% that we're recommending. Um, some other things include new benefits. So, you know, as companies grow, typically they're all, they'll offer more new benefits. Um, something that we see are legal services, for example. You know, clients can take advantage of those legal services at a low cost. And this could be a way that you can, you know, draft the state planning documents, for example, at a, at a very low, low price. Great idea. You know, folks, I don't know what the numbers are as it relates to employer benefits that we're talking about, but as the three of us know very well, when we look at things like social security benefits and um, Medicare availability and other things like that, people often, like 80, 90% of people overpay for Medicare. There are you know, 60, 70% of the people who might be entitled to like a survivor or a divorcee benefit in social security that often aren't getting their benefits because they just don't know anything about it. I would bet that we'd see the same thing if we looked at this sector, that probably more than 50% of employees out there are not actually maximizing all the benefits available to them because people just don't take the time. So, you know, strongly encourage you folks to look at your benefits, um, you know, analyze how you can make changes to benefit yourselves, your families, not just today, but how you could, you know, set up a retirement investing situation that's going to benefit you 10, 15, 20, 30 years down the road. So, as always, we encourage you to consult with your financial advisor before you make any decisions. If you need some assistance in that, you want a second opinion, you don't have an advisor, please know that we are available here at BWFA to have a conversation with you and talk about how we may be able uh, to help you through this process, especially if you're uh, looking to us to engage in a financial plan that is like a financial roadmap from today through the rest of your life. Uh, often uh, we're covering many of these topics that we just discussed. So everyone, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. For questions, more information, or to schedule a conversation, please contact Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. Past performance is no measure or guarantee of future returns. Investing in securities involves risk, 
including the risk of principal. The securities and services mentioned here may not be suitable for every investor. You should discuss these with your advisor prior to making a final determination based on your risk tolerance, your investment objectives, and your financial situation. Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor.